13th floor. The 13th floor. They're right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, and I got my main man, Jiggy J. Dace, on the <laughs> podcast this week. Baby, what's going on? Uh, what's going on, man? As always, another beautiful day in paradise. Yes, it or, is, man. I like what you got Huh? I like what you got going oh, on. Oh, you know what I mean? You know? Rocking it, rocking it, man. Enjoying this uh, steak cake. Boy, going thing, on. huh? <laughs> Organized noise is what they call it nowadays. Right, right. It's controlled <laughs> passion is what it is. Controlled passion. <laughs> <laughs> controlled passion. That's nice. That's nice. Face on. What's going on, man? I see you got your pink shirt on today. Yeah, you know what? I do. Um, I'm in D.C., but uh, it was a good long weekend. Uh, Nandi had some um, ear surgery, and he had his adenoids removed. So uh, there was a lot, lot to go through this weekend. Uh, wow. But it was cool. He's, he's bounced back. He's he's back to normal-ish, about ninety percent. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he uh, acts when he's not sick. Because if he's happy already, he's sick. He's going to be ecstatic, uh, not being sick. So we'll see. I'll keep it date. What is an adenoid removal? What is? And so in the back of your in the back of your throat is kind of where um, it helps the the um, liquid go come out, so it gets stuck. So pretty much your back, so you don't like choke or anything, it's there. And then when you're sleeping, if you're snoring, it's because your adenoids are too big. So as a child, um, babies are born with it larger because it helps them, it's like a safety mechanism. When you get older, it kind of goes back and resorts back to like a very, very small, small pee. Mm-hmm. But his were there and they were a large. They weren't too large normally, but it was like, hey, you're going it anyway. Go ahead and take it out and let him just have proper, you know, flow through from his ears to his nostrils to all that sensory stuff. Is uh, taken care of, so he went in there and took it like a champ. It's all good. Nice, nice. Nomad Fresh, Entrepreneur Ninja. What's happening, baby? We out here, same day. I ain't ain't the same day. It's a new day, but y'all know what it is, man. We tired, but we get. Come on, man. You sound tired, boss. <laughs> I just you sound put tired, boss. Many miles on the road. Many more miles to go, man. Let's just get to the subject at hand. I got something for y'all at the end, entrepreneur ninja style. Holiday. <laughs> I want to get into that, man. So when you you tired, are you working a lot for yourself or are you working a lot for someone else? I'm always working for myself. Um, but And not just in the, you know, like a corporate standpoint, but, you know, sometimes I find myself, you know, just giving so much of myself where you just end up, you know, like tired. Like you don't get the opportunity to have a staycation like my man Jay Days. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all the above, right? Because I mean, I've been doing better at trying to be uh, continue my my preservation, right? As mm-hmm. far as the health tip and staying um, active and doing things, but then also, I mean, just working and how much I extend myself and all the different things and avenues I pursue. It's just been real out here, man. And then I've been having to put all types of miles on my vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's been, you know, it's real life, and it's happening at the speed of life. But we here, man. We buckled up. We strapped in. Ain't going nowhere, man. To the moon, Alice. Lego. Grind mode. Grind mode. You don't work, yeah, you don't is. eat. You don't grind, you don't shine, man. You got to get it. 
I tried to jump on that, you know, fresh fitness, fresh ovation jump. And, you know, you check Instagram, 13 floor, please. I tried to do my best uh, fresh <laughs> rendition of that. But, boy, I don't know how you get all them words out, man, after the miles you be putting in, bro. <laughs> you was glowing, though. That was the difference. You was glowing. It's hard, it's hard to talk when you just have an aura oozing around you. You can't really be saying it's hard to get it through all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we want to get into the topic at hand, man. I want to talk a little bit about conflict in the workplace, man. Um, a lot of recent experiences for me, and there's some not so recent. But I just want to get you guys' take on a couple of things. The first thing I want to talk about is dealing with the coworker or, or the conflict coworker that kind of, you know, makes things a little bit more difficult or makes or, or is really resistant to not necessarily change, but the quote unquote right way of doing things. Because I found myself um, in recent times and in the past, you know, when I've come to deal with difficult individuals, it's really a, a, a big test, you know, for me. Um, and then sometimes I've passed and sometimes I fail because, you know, I let emotions play more so into how I respond instead of having a, a big picture outlook on things. So I want to talk to, to you guys and get you guys experience and see if we can't find some tools that we can ultimately use within the workplace to kind of help deal with these difficult times. The biggest tool is patience. I was going to say the biggest tool is patience and understanding, right? Um, the hardest thing to accept as adults is that everybody doesn't think, act, and um, you know, understand the same way that we do. And so when somebody's not falling in line and you personally can't compute how they don't understand, you have to be able to have that patience and understanding of everybody isn't cut from the same cloth and not just on some, oh, well, you know, I work harder than them or I'm, I'm you know, a better person, but people do things differently and, and have different ways of thinking about things that you have to be accepting and understanding that just because you can put something together a certain way, somebody else doesn't have that same um, thought process. Doesn't mean that they're wrong and you're right, but being having that understanding is a big key point in it. I think that, that also ties into the, your, your level of expertise and your timing. You know, you're going to see things. You've been through these things. You've been through these experiences. You've seen these things happen. So when, if you've seen this, done this, and you're just trying to explain or the assumption that, oh, well, I can tell you ABC because you, you'll grab it because it, you, we've all done this before. It's, I've been through it, so it should be easier. And it sometimes doesn't work that way. Sometimes you have to just, you know, not dumb it down, but you got to think back. So, okay, where are you? Where is your level of, of learning? Where's your level of understanding of this pro process? And then, okay, now I can explain to you and the way you understand it at that level at the current current moment. Right, right. And I, I think a big thing is just picking your battles, man. Like knowing when you need to say something to that individual and when maybe you should just let that ride. Because at the end of the day, they human, you know what I mean? And that's who they are. That's how they are. They, whatever the upbringing, whatever uh experiences they had that you may not have had like i think fresh mentioned just pick your battles and say okay that one is like okay let them be them but in this situation hey while we're working together we kind of have to go about it this way and uh you know and approach it like that and that way it's kind of like a, a balance if you will it's hard 
It's very hard. Oh, no, no, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's not an option. Ever do, there are times that I want to just lash out and just let it go. And occasionally, right. occasionally the other Gemini comes out and he, when he comes out. I just, I just learned. No, I just learned that meant like the reason why we get so mad at people so quickly is because they're not doing it the way we would do it. You know what I mean? Like it's like if I'm if I'm watching somebody and and they in front of me, I'm driving down a car, driving a car, and they in front of me and they don't use their turn signal. Maybe they don't use the turn signal to the last minute. You know what I mean? That's just what they do. But I use it. I got at least a block before to let you know. Hey, I'm about to turn. So. Just because that's the proper way of doing exactly. it. You know? but, 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 you know, systems <laughs> in place. Proper, you know? So the systems in place. You so, love the systems, like, you use systems, and they work for the reason. They've been going on for years <laughs> prior to this. It will continue after this. And that's what... The dang on system. That's what, that's what the slave master said, though. <laughs> there are things I'm, that, yes, they're revolting. Good point, Jay. That, that, that's a good point. But at some point, we have to evolve. And even in dealing with the conflicts within the workplace place that I've had to deal with, I think that was the biggest part of my maturation and progression is learning how to pick and choose those battles and really learning how to articulate myself because, you know, I was given feedback that, you know, I'm talking to this person and trying to get them to understand, you know, the proper way of doing things and I'm not doing anything but nagging them, you know, in the process. And that's the last thing I want to do even though you get to a point where you've been dealing with somebody for so long that it's almost like every little thing they do just annoys the heck out of you. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to bring it up all the time, but when it's certain things that, you know, impact the business or progression in such a large fashion, you kind of have to, you can't, you can't just let that go. Um, and, And articulating it in a way that it's received well is, is almost a struggle because we as individuals, you know, are not as receptive to feedback sometimes, and then you just get defensive. So overcoming that is an objection in itself. Uh, yeah, and, no, and a scorned person, someone who's, who's you know, the, the, the negative Nancy of the group or the, you know, the awkward Bill, or maybe in your, in your office, uh, that person who's been- Awkward the, Bill? I don't know. <laughs> we went from negative Nancy and with perfect that, alliteration. Uh, right, to <laughs> awkward Bill. Um, but you know, you, you, you had that, that you've been building up so much and it's probably because misunderstanding or you, you thought you were getting something this way and then you didn't get this. And now you got burnt by somebody and your trust levels are lower. So you don't think this is right. And now, you know, I don't care what you say because I need you to show me, I need to ask five different people the same question because you said it and it doesn't matter. It all that boils down to that person. Like Jay said in the beginning, you never know where they've been and that role they've taken. Uh, but at the same time, it's a two-way street. Like things are changing, and you gotta say, "Listen, I can't hold on to that old baggage forever because right. it does, people are gonna leave you behind it's like trash." That's right. that's one of the craziest um, things I watch in the different corporate environments I come in contact with is the mentality of people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody put him on. <laughs> Put him but on mute. Let's see. Um, I am going to continue doing things the way they've been done without any care or understanding of potential um, improvements to make things better. 
or to understand, you know, there have been advancements in technology or anything else that can benefit the business that people get so stuck in those those ways, right? And and will not let some of the times a new talent be able to come in and show them that, hey, I know you've been doing it like this forever, but you know, tablets were made and now you could do a lot of this stuff automatic through the tablet. So you need to just go ahead and embrace that technology that it's, you know, the two sides of the spectrum, right? You have the the moments when there are the people who are too um, hard-headed to accept your advice and your um, understanding of the way things need to be done, but then also the people who are too hard-headed to see that there are ways to improve upon that process. Absolutely. So, Art, I'm going to come to you first, and then Fresh, I want to talk to you afterwards, because you got the entrepreneur's perspective. And then, Faison, you've been in corporate America for how long? Oh, man. Uh, Ever. My years, yeah. Since well, Awkward Bill was just working in the uh, mail. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that was just hey, last week that I mean, that, 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 that was the, made. That's the name of this podcast. Awkward Bill. <laughs> you know, right there. there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So, so Faison, uh, what are some of the challenges that you face as an African-American male in corporate America, uh, or, or I guess some of the largest challenges that you face and how you've been able to overcome them and ascend to, you know, the heights that you've ascended to? Man, I, I, I guess it's going to kind of be an easy one for me because even starting at my first job I had, I, I was, you know, my boss was a Caucasian male, but he didn't treat me like a young black man. He taught me like a regular regular worker. I got the same experience that he was given another intern from another college or so forth. Um, then in school, I don't know, I've always, I mean, my first real job was at, is at campus um, or at UM at the student, um, the IT department. Mm. And in the IT department, I, um, in the IT department, I, I was a, a manager. So as a manager in that process, I had the job where I was already in a senior level. So I had people there and I was the, you know, the, the, the it was like one or two of us that are black that was in that group. So never had to deal with the diversity of, oh, okay, well, you know, let's keep him in, in a, a bubble. It's always like, hey, let's put him front because he is, you know, the black guy, he's happy, he's excited, he wants to learn, he, you know, he's always there for it. And then my current yeah, role was- the same same thing in the, in the current role, and it's right. It just I haven't I haven't had had diversity amongst my superiors. Now, my coworkers have always been supportive of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only had one coworker that was um, that seemed to be a little bit conniving and kind of shady in the background. Um, and once I became that person's supervisor, you know, the true feelings came out, and it it's again the standards and processes. Everyone was treated the same exact way, no matter who you are. And I guess they thought that, oh, well, you know, we were co-workers before, so you should treat me differently. And I was like, nah, it's, you still got to follow the rules. This is the standards uh, for that. So um, I, haven't, I haven't seen, I've heard, I've read, I've been to this process where I see, you know, the work people getting, people getting you know, overlooked or being treated differently or being skipped for raises. But I guess I've just had the, the, the right supervisors. You know, my old CEO was a black, my old marketing CMO was black, my current is white. Um, but my, it just, it's, I've always had someone looking out for me and they made sure that I was always on the same level. Like I may, I don't know, I don't want to put it out there, but I'm, could be paid extremely well for my position. I could not be, I don't know. I don't, I don't ask this question because I'm happy, but I think that I'm pretty fair for, for where I get. And I've always been, been pushed and given more um, than, 
those who just kind of wait around. And I also give it back. I, I, I give that back through below me. So I always make sure that I'm looking out and reaching and giving them the increase they need to do this process, pushing them forward, make sure they're representing themselves well. But then you're looking at a guy who, who's not, you know, not the typical sagging pants, talking with a, a different accents or stuff like that. Like I, I talk to King's English. I can switch to my Philly hood talk if I want to, but most of the time it's, you know, the King's English, everything's fine, everything's good to go. Uh, other than my speed. English, my black. I'm about to say, hey, you speak the, the art, fact, okay? Or yeah, like uh, Tasmanian devil. I thought that was a language. I'm mad to show me a new language. of my speed. That is the thing that makes difference, but it's still the King's English. You have done a tremendous reduction in your speed, and I must say your texting has gotten a hell of a lot better in the year that I spent trying to learn art speak. So there's still a couple of uh, <laughs> slip being you just like I just you know but but you got I, better. I blame, <laughs> I blame product uh, predictive texting and my fingers and time. Those three things together causes chaos because there are times when I type four and I and the word got comes out. I don't know how it got there, <laughs> but that happens. Or I type of and if comes out. So then it just keeps going. And by the time I hit send. I look back, I'm just like. You just be whatever. fat fingering it. That's all that is. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, whatever. So I'm getting my new phone in a week and a half, and I should be good to go. Much bigger phone, much hey, bigger buttons. I, I do got a question, though. I know you said that you've kind of been like um, blessed, if you will, in that respect of being moved up the ladder, um, you know, with everybody around you. Have you, from, a, from the position you are now, have you ever had interactions with like racial joking? Like people feeling comfortable enough to make a. Maybe they don't view it as derogatory, but you know it could be viewed as from our from our perspective as derogatory joking. <laughs> no, I'm actually one doing the joking. <laughs> so I like to I like to break the ice a lot. So I'll, I'll go out there and, and do some things that kind of throw it throw it that way. Um, and then that, and once that ice is broken, you know we're, we're all like, okay, it's cool, no problem. Like I'm like, hey, I'll be in a room like, wow, there's no one, there's no chocolate here, it's me. All right, cool. Once <laughs> I can serve a reverse Oreo. And I'll say it in the middle of a meeting and then it breaks the silence and everybody's good to go. Um, but you know, it's fine or I'll say, hey man, luckily our new video just came out. Uh, I'm glad we got some more, um, so, no, it was a little whitewash. Could we have a little bit more of a little Asian black look around? Like, let's mix it up. So um, yeah, but I haven't had anyone like say to me where I felt like I was uncomfortable. And I was like, weird, weird. I get that from my stores more than I get it from like the level. So stores that I visit and the team members, I hear them talking and that's kind of, you know, I've never been the one to say say the N word or say like this is the way I communicate in public versus like in small groups is different. And when I see it, I'm just like, oh, oh, like it like hurts me to hear it. Like today, I I was in um, my store and there was kids. They maybe 12, 13 years old, and they were just saying, oh, I'm about to go out with this girl. I'm gonna have her do you know this fellatio to me, and not saying that word. Um, but you know, said the right word, and no, nah, man, f that. You know, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna. And it was just like, gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, like, we're we're not doing that. And the guy goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry, sir, I'm so sorry. And somebody said, that's a grown man. We can't talk like that in front of a grown man. Like, so they know, but I didn't come at them like, oh, y'all, you're together talking stupid. It was like, listen, hey guys, hey, we're in public, be a little respectful, make sure you're you're in a business. They were like, oh, I'm so sorry, and they were cool with it. But I'm sure if I came a different way. That could have been a whole different escalation behind that process. So, you know. And that was the King's English, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Let's, let's <laughs> and let's put this uh, other disclaimer. 
don't be doing things that Art does because he's a BFBG. Don't get <laughs> to think that you about to go in there and be first Oreo. Don't just right, right. I'm about right. to say that. That's like, how you know. <laughs> That's how you know you made it. You know what I'm saying? So when you're at that senior VP level and everybody is in the room, like two tiers below you, waiting on you to speak, then yeah, you can go in there talking about reverse Oreos. So if you're still at that team member level, tread carefully. Tread carefully. Yes, yes. Choose your words wisely. Please. Yeah, but it is good. You can throw yourself under the bus like that, man. That's an easy way to break the ice, man. It keeps everybody comfortable. But Fresh, man, you from the entrepreneurial side, man. Have you seen any like pitfalls based on your African-American heritage and trying to work around in that space and those types of challenges ever come up? A uh, thousand percent. Um, there have been many obstacles I've faced and many that I was not able to overcome due to, you know, where all, all things only point to skin color being the deterrent of um, excelling past you know certain areas and it's it's been across the board everything from simple tasks to you know more complex i was at one time the um vice president of an international um technology company and and dealt with some of the the craziest most covert when things came back and i found out what happened it was like being in an m night Shyamalan movie where it was just so many different levels and pieces and aha moments. But I mean, uh, I guess Childish Gambino says it best, right? This is America. It's what happens. You have to, uh, going back to my initial statement with dealing with, um, you know, people in the workplace in confrontation is, is you've got to have that patience and the understanding of even when it isn't, any quantifiable way to justify what has happened to not allow it to drive you um, crazy because that is one of the easiest um, ways to push yourself to craziness is by allowing that uncomfort to sink in. And while it does suck, I still use the fuel of, my own personal acceptance, I guess, at the end of the day to allow me to not um, get to that sunken place. Hey, Brett, he, that's, he's he totally right. And even though, you know, I, again, I, I joke and I do the process of, of the reverse view of thinking it, don't let it fool you that I'm not looking to see if it's there. You can, I, I fill the room. And if I see the room, then I, I, I adjust that process. But yeah, it's, it's always, I've, I haven't felt it, but I've seen it. It's funny when you walk into that room, though, because I've had it happen to me twice and I've had to correct people in certain instances. Once was when uh, the um, the young ladies were being, uh, what you call it, um, trafficked in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I walked into a room uh, and there was a specific conversation about this. And it, it was funny hearing people talk like this when I wasn't around. And so I had to come in and immediately correct the conversation. But then it happened to me another time years later where I walk into the room and I think it has something to do with police brutality or um, an officer had probably just killed one of us. And I was outside of the room and heard the conversation. So I stopped before I went in and just kind of listened and let it play out. And I walk in the room and then everybody looks and then the conversation just dies. So it's it's kind of hilarious. Mm -hmm. But then like, 
uh, alarming to be to walk into a situation like that and then to kind of actively know that yeah I am around these types of individuals. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's so eye opening is you learn, especially over the years and through the experiences, how covertly they move and how many times there are people that you would not assume had that, you know, racist, pretty much what I call racist tendencies, right? When they'll yeah, tell you something about football. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know why them boys is, is sitting there kneeling on the, on the football field. I just want to watch the game. Slow down, daddy. Like, <laughs> you, realize, you realize what they kneeling for, right? You, you know what all this is. Oh, man. But then, it, okay. All right. I, I see you. Yeah. You know, I understand. And it's, it's, some of my proudest moments, right, are figuring out ways to articulately slap around a covert racist, right? I remember <laughs> one time um, I'm in Vegas and we're going to like this big home show. Uh, one of my best friends has a real estate agency. Um, we were at like this huge home show in Vegas and we're waiting to ride the tram. I think we were staying at um, the Monte Carlo or something, but we're wait waiting to ride the tram all the way down to the Vegas Convention Center. And as we're on the um, <clears throat> on the, the the tram line, whatever, we're sitting up there, we're, we're talking, and I have on like a leather, um, uh, it's a leather blazer, and some some jeans and whatever. Um, and I don't know, the dude was was with his wife, and he said some. Like, uh, that's what it was. The train came, came by and it skipped us after we'd all been sitting there for a while. The train came by and skipped us. So the dude made some pretty much a slick comment of saying it, it skipped us because I was there. The black guy was there. Like, pretty wow. much like, and it was like the way he said it, he was trying to be slick and funny and thought it was whatever. And instead of just laughing it off, I just, I don't know. I can't recall the exact way that I put him in his place. But we wound up having a full conversation because he wound up being, um, he was going to the convention as well. He wound up being like a, um, working in like the, the, the state's uh, like building department or something like he had some type of prestigious position. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the conversation to get on the train and finding out that we were going there too and all this other stuff, I pretty much verbally jabbed this dude up so bad that his wife was ready to pretty much leave like with me and my homeboy from as, as small as I made this dude feel from just like pretty much letting him know, like you talking real racist and you have no clue who I am, where I come from. And I was just, just putting them all in this place. And I mean, it's just those moments there, they're empowering, but it's also so eye opening to see how much of that is present. You know, you talking about uh, articulately expressing yourself to the racist, it reminds me, it takes me back, because I went to see Black Klansmen this past weekend. Yeah. You saw it. And the, the spoiler alert, if anybody is listening, you should have seen it by now. It's, it's a week after. Gosh, don't it, give it out too out. much of a spoiler, because I still want to see it now. Come on. <laughs> but the articulate manner in which, uh, <laughs> what's this? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's at the end of the movie um, and it's after everything has happened. I'm actually I have to go back and see it because I did end up going to a late show and kind of halfway falling asleep in the, oh. in the movie or whatever. But the articulate way in which he gave it to David Duke uh, 
at the end of the movie was, was hilarious. Um, but I love how they set it up too, man, because he started off as a rookie and he just had an immense amount of confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah, he swag on It's crazy. Heavy. Heavy. Like he just kind of went in and kind of, you know, they gave him this crazy assignment. Um, and he just, you know, stepped up to the plate and then asked for more and then asked for more and then just took things into his own hands, man. It was, it was, you know, it's a, a true good. story. I know. I yeah. did not know it was yeah, a true yeah, story until I went. Well, I, I yeah, knew when I got there. there. I guess, yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, Pill, Key and Pill gave that to um, Spike. Right. And he then produced I, it, I, but he gave it to Spike like on some, I know you you would do the most justice making this movie. And yeah. Yeah, I read the article in GQ magazine and Spike talked a, lot, a little bit about how that, that all trans- transpired. And he was just basically like, he knew I would do the shit right. <laughs> <laughs> and he really did I, I, I actually yeah. think that that's probably one of his best movies since like Do the Right Thing he has yeah. had several movies come out in like recent months that you, you know just go under the radar yep. because yeah. they're like independent films mm-hmm. but it was um, it was really enjoyable guys you should definitely check that out yeah, that, first, that, that first 10 minutes that interview that he does Classic. Classic. <laughs> yeah, I gotta check it out. Yeah, you yeah, definitely got check that out. When I went to see it, it I was kind of I was with, with my with my wife. Uh-huh. Um and I was kinda of like I walked in, I was like, Oh, it's gonna be, you know, a bunch of you know, black people, maybe some Latins. But, I know, was actually sitting next around. to two white people. There was it was a lot of bright light in that room. I was just like hey, I'll tell oh. you what the when I went to saw, the story, huh? They say you read a book, and now they watch movies, see what's happening. They want to know the details. <laughs> when I went and saw Black Panther, I watched two white people walk out of it, and it was like the craziest thing. <laughs> they walked out of it when, um, oh man, like when um, Buddy was like getting busted out of jail or something like that. But pretty much like when some white people got killed. Oh early, yeah, you could tell like they were just. I'm not gonna sit here and watch these. Take over everything. What are you <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Hey, that's hilarious, man. But, but the fact that that was, I mean, that it was definitely true. I'm sure the book has way more information than a movie could possibly put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, it's the messages inside the movie was amazing. Um, the the tie back in to the current phase now, and what you know David Duke was saying then. What he says now, and then how it's actually playing out now—it's all tied in. That even was more hilarious. Was that you know last week, the weekend it came out was when they had the uh, alt right march here in uh, like DC. But that I was had, the same time. It was the same weekend. Yep. It was um, last weekend, and I think this was opening the weekend. Anniversary. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, and I heard that the uh, alt right protest wasn't you know that big for them uh, this time around. Oh yeah, I, no, but there was massive police and everything. It was like it was well, like way, yeah. I, way think, I mean, I think the light has been shined on. They're not as covert as they were able to be previously, right? Mm-hmm. After last time, with how many people were getting called out, and and how many dudes tried to play the, oh, I'm just a I'm just a teacher in in Michigan, and all, I don't know. Yeah, but we saw you in the meeting. Ain't this you right yeah. here, Bob? Yeah, that's right here. Yeah, that's you, Bob. That's you, right? That's yeah. you, right? Oh, oh. Bill. Right a lot of them said, you know what? I'm not I'm not risking that anymore. Like I saw Bob, Steve, Frank, uh uh Door, and Maxwell all got well, fired. I think that's man. the big thing, man. People are afraid. Um like people are so afraid to be labeled as racist. So like, like I think that that may be a, a big reason why people are even 
participate in the things that they may not like particularly participate in. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. or not with. or even when you walked into the office being and they stopped talking. You know what I mean? They were may have been afraid to say something that labeled them as such. You know, people are just so afraid to to be labeled as that. And it's like, yo, if that's you, then be, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, yo, right. just be real. Like, yo, if you racist, don't hide it. You know what I mean? I, I think the you funny I mean? thing is that they don't, they don't think they're racist. And that's what the crazy thing is, right? Is mm-hmm. that they do not, like, they seriously think what they are stating is facts in that, oh, well, no. It's normal all, for them. You know, black, if you look right, at the right. love fried chicken, like, yo, all fucking people love fried chicken. Right, it's not right. about the color of your skin. It's about the quality of the chicken that is fried. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's, they don't even have, they have a mental block, literally, of understanding <laughs> that, wow, I'm, I'm racist. Like, they literally don't think that the statements and the way that and they I- feel are being racist. And I don't think that, you know, just because they're being they're being racist, it doesn't necessarily mean that they like, oh, I hate black people. You know what I mean? They just being and maybe racist isn't the best word, but being uh they're stereotyping, you know what I mean, if you right. will, or something like that. You know, just you're labeling or you're um yeah. grouping. What's the what's the word word? Not grouping. Cla- I don't know. Classifying, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, I just I, I think that people are so people are so afraid to to be labeled as that. So they are they walk on eggshells and it just makes for awkward conversation in a workplace or outside the workplace. Well, I like to break this break, break that. I, I've asked my, um, some of my friends from, you know, uh, uh, some of my Indian friends that are, are Hey, why, why don't you guys ever marry black women? And he was just like, huh? And I was like, just wondering, like, I, See, that's that Carol shit, man. Y'all just be asking random yeah. ass, rude yeah. ass questions. Why, why not? I feel like I, I've had before now. I don't want to assume anything. So I'm trying to ask you instead of assuming, like, hey, this is weird. Why is um, it? I, I see you, yeah, you marry Indians, you marry Asians, you marry white. Like, why not marry by any black? <laughs> and then he was like, it's just a caste system. I said, oh, okay. So it's about the the, the, the systems of, he's like, yeah, he goes, it's not about, you know, that. If they were living in India and they were a part of a, a system, they'd be fine. But it's, it's just the way that we just, we just are. And I was like, okay. I was like, so I, they don't marry blacks based on their class because they're, they're to their culture blacks are classified at a lower just like in human culture mm-hmm. you well, can be but you can't marry i mean just like in every culture the darker mm-hmm. your skin the lower you are period yeah that's it that way in jamaica <laughs> like i mean yeah <laughs> it is all, it all all ingrained in the back in the back of yeah. head because it's just it's just the way that it's been and it's not it's just i'm waiting for it to reverse it's, it's slowly but surely becoming i feel like it kind of the funny it, thing it though is that it's but you, you gotta realize moving. it when you're talking about reverse you want the it's not reversing because the power is not not reversing just because they they still decide to mimic and use and take you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Does not mean that it's providing the true, um, you know, equality and benefit that we are hoping it represents, right? right. Just because they fill in they button they lifts up with collagen and everything to look like us doesn't yeah. mean that they respect us. And you know what I mean? Yeah, I was I was totally thinking about just the fact that there's more darker skin being. Yeah, I think it's a. <laughs> it's a- <laughs> Calm down, Fresh. Calm down. (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) My man. Hey, so I missed last week when y'all was talking about the I Promise School and uh, LeBron James, man. Shout out to him and every uh, and all all that that school is going to accomplish, man. I think it's a great showing of what we as a people can accomplish. 
And I don't know if you guys heard or not, but two things I want to highlight of change that is kind of going on on the grassroots level. Um, and it's kind of some of the change that we've spoken about that we're looking to continue to do as a people going forward. But in St. Louis, you had Wesley Bell defeat the uh, seven-term incumbent Bob McCullough in that the Democratic primary for that uh, county, it's a, uh, it's a county, uh, not county commissioner. Um, he's, he's a litigator, so he's going to be like the county, uh, the, the, law, the lawyer. It's almost like attorney general not oh. a, or a district attorney, but it was a, it's a county lawyer position. Okay. Um, Wesley Bell, he's pretty much a shoe in to win it after winning the Democratic front. Uh, not the district attorney, because it's, it's literally on the county level. So it's really for just St. Louis County. Um, but that voter turnout for that community after the Mike Brown and Darren Wilson situation, because remember, this is the same uh, county prosecutor. That's what I'm looking for. It's the same county prosecutor that didn't bring charges to Darren Wilson. Not to say that they can come up now if Wesley Bell wins the race, which he probably will. But that change and influx into the city, into the political arena, is what we've been looking to do. Not only that, but you have Mike Brown's mother now running for a city council seat also. Yep. Um, so big things happening, big change happening that we're pushing. And we just want to continue to keep that momentum going into November with these midterms and what have you. This, um, this is, this is going to be a big, big, heavy midterm. I mean, just across across... Uh, I think it's probably going to be one of the most, most voted, talked about, kind of politicized midterm in a long time. Because power can shift. What I'm interested in seeing is the, the next census that comes out. Because I think you're going to see such a large – I think you're going to see such a large influx of voters, um, mm -hmm. primarily African-American voters, because of the disgust and fed-up nature and, you know, the position that – some can say the Democratic Party put ourselves in and the people who didn't vote the last time around. Mm -hmm. but I think that turnout is going to be so huge. You're going to start to look at the, the majority and minority numbers and to see how much that gap is kind of closing, if it is, in fact, closing at all. I, I saw I was watching um, watching Deli Show and uh, with Trevor Noah and they, he had on some of the kids that were uh, against the gun violence and, and the school mm -hmm. voting process. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that, like, they, yes, we've been successful to get young people to 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 register to vote, but now they're registered and they're sitting at home. Like so, the next step is that yes, okay, we got you voting. Now, how are we gonna get you to the office? Are we gonna get buses out there and say, hey, we'll pick you up? Like we'll bring you there. Like that's the next movement is organizing. Like get out of your house, go to the actual your county's voting and press a button. Because um, that's the missing factor now. That's they, what happened in Alabama. Uber. Same thing. Bank or something like where it's like you can Uber there for free or something. Yeah, that would be dope, man. That would be dope. Diddy, there it is. That's all for, <laughs> all for you. P Diddy, Russell, well, Russell's right now in the Kim Island. Russell ain't coming. Back. <laughs> Russell ain't coming back. <laughs> He's still running for the Me Too, man. He's MIA right now. <laughs> he, he, he ain't coming back for quite some time. That man gonna be everything is gonna be um video feeds. He ain't gonna be touching. <laughs> time soon um but yeah it's the craziest thing right with the younger generation is their um involvement in technology but then their lack of motivation of getting out and doing because they're not um of the generation of going out and playing right most of the stuff is done here wherever i'm at i can do it here i, I get what do you're it saying in this area i don't have to go like 
they didn't have that interaction in the in the have to go out to oh I'm going to the arcade to go play video games. You know, <laughs> what I mean? it's, no, everything is right here. I got everything accessible. I don't even barely have to roll out of my bed to get everything. The only thing I got to do is be able to get food, and even that, I can still get delivered with the same thing. And so that's going to be the biggest. Um, that's going to be the big push, man. Making it convenient and easy to do, man. I think that Uber, that Uber idea is huge, man. Whoever jumps on that and grasps that, that is gonna, that's going to be big getting people to the polls, man. And even in the, the elderly, I know they got the jitneys in Miami and everything. So, you know, we got to you know, figure out a way to make sure that mobilization. Well, I know effort. they've always, elderly have always had the bus systems and, and everything. Um, and they're used to it, right? Like, right. look at older yeah. voters. They've always had um, good bus systems and, and things like that going for for them. Maybe not in the poorer areas, mm-hmm. but definitely yeah. in average. You know what I mean for for the older um, older voters. It's really about getting those that younger. You know what I mean, twenty five to to the eighteen year olds. Them engaged in understanding in in while. You know, technology and, and, and the internet has made us so much more aware and, and made it so much present and talked about. It's about the execution now. Like, you have to get that same type of, like, our brought up Diddy, that same type of feel when he was doing the Rock the Vote and, and, and the. Yeah, it, it's got to have that type of momentum in order to really get the final product. But I do feel the seeds are there, right? They've already been planted and are growing because there's so much impressive work I see done by younger people. Yeah, and, and they're the one leading it. You're right. Yep. Right. And, and seeing their thought process of equality and, and thinking about a bigger picture is very impressive. But again, it's about the execution. Where, where is it all going to fall, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now? That's when we really see what um, the benefits of what's going on right now. Speaking of elephants, Amarosa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man, we can talk about Amarosa in a second. I got to make sure uh, I get these, these segments in. I just want to say that out there. So everyone, everyone listening probably is like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, so I'm to put that out there. We can move on. But yeah, that is, uh, that is happening right now. <laughs> All right, I'm going to need an update in a second. But I'm going to stick with you, Faison. We got to get your arts corner in so I can get my man Fresh and J.D. in. Oh man, I um shoot. Assumptions, assumptions are killers. Um, we talked about it earlier, and it's really just about stepping back and not assuming anything. Uh, you know, and if you make a mistake, admit to the mistake and, and move on because you, it's going to happen. You're not perfect, um, but don't assume that anyone knows, it understands, or where it is. Um, be straightforward and answer answer the, the statement. Make sure the statement is full. Don't leave a, a statement where it's still lagging things behind it. End of the period. Because if not, so I can assume the rest of it is going to be written a different way. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will significantly reduce the amount of workplace conflict you have. Mm-hmm. No assumptions. Don't do not leave it up to assumptions. That's what they say it. about assumptions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, who's up next, man? Fresh or, or Jade Ace? I wasn't here last week when we did the fit tip. All right, Jay, you going last. Yeah. <laughs> Jay's going to make it phenomenal. So we got to end it off. Oh, fresh, man. What you got fresh and biz this week, baby? Fresh and biz from the Entrepreneur Ninja's Corner. Uh, <laughs> man, 
do not be afraid, two things. Do not be afraid to ask for and to accept help. Um, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we get caught up in wanting to beat our chest out on the things that we have accomplished on our own, the things that we have done on our own and how self-made we are on our own. However, the greatest tasks have been accomplished with teams and with help and with um, you know, other advice. So don't be afraid to ask for help when you are in a situation that you cannot um, execute to the best potential, but then also be accepting of when somebody is reaching out that hand to say, hey, I can help with something. Don't be so caught up in wanting to be so self-made that you don't allow that help to get you to that next level. That's it, Entrepreneur Ninja number one. Man, you were saying about that self-made stuff, it just made me think back to like one of the old Kevin Hart stand-ups when he was talking, when he was, uh, you know, I did this by myself, da 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 One man, game. in room. Yeah, that, that joint. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, you ready to go night-night? Yeah. Shout out to Kevin Hart, man. I see he bouncing back real well. And uh, he got a movie coming with Tiffany Haddish. Looks hilarious. I don't know. Is she really that funny? Cause oh, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it previously. Yeah. She has a character. Her, her character is she's played. Her, like she's, but, she's yeah. got her lane. But to me, yeah. she's like Kevin Hart, where yeah. it's like it's exactly. they have their lane and have mastered, like they know yeah. the, 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 the character that they play both on stand-up in in any movie. Mm-hmm. What other movies she played in? Like, I'm trying to just draw one. She down. did Girls Trip. That's when she blew yep. up. Yeah, and then she has two oh, yeah. movies out. I think one with Kevin Hart, and then there's another one. Another one where she's um she's with the chick from um Todd Perry works for her works for her a lot all the time, and it's like yeah, they got a girl. She came from out of jail. Yeah, it was yeah like a, that one. The Black Diamond yeah. preview. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and she has a Netflix special, right? I gotta check her out. I'm pretty sure yeah. she got she got a lot of she's been in a lot of like. You know the the sidekick, the you know right. random Felicia type yeah, role. I mean, yeah. Kevin Hart started there too, so you know what I mean. Maybe that's a, yeah, work his way up. Hey, Kevin Hart was on Soul Plane, man. He, right. Soul Plane was a good Kevin movie. Hart, that was a good movie though. But I remember like he was the only right. That was his movie, yo. Was, right, exactly. that was his movie. <laughs> like at, at that moment in time, I didn't look at him like he was a comedian. In that role, like I just thought he was some new little black Tay Diggs type. Exactly. Dude. You know what I mean? Right. No, he, like, yeah. I had no clue he was on a path of comedy in no, that role. Like to me, it was just, <laughs> oh, they got this little Tay Diggs. Type <laughs> and he's just the new, okay, all right, I'll see you, little buddy. This movie kind of funny. Actually, yep. Jay Dace, what you got, man? Fit tip of the week. Uh, yeah, man. Look, if you if you no, just start. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, uh. Wow. Give it to us. <laughs> Give it to us, Jay. Don't start off like that. You, you see on, what happens when on. you made it, America. You I can go in talking about the reverse Oreo. Right. <laughs> no, nah. I'm not. I'm not. No, look, man. We just. I'm not gonna go hard on the people, man. You know what I mean? This is for the people. Listen, if you. I need that same traffic fifty two energy, man. Let's go. We want, we want, we want the phenomenal energy. <laughs> right, right, right. Phenomenal. Bust somebody uh, car speakers. No, but um, no, but listen, yo. If you if you are going, if you just now getting started on your weight loss journey, right? And you you know you're just trying to figure it out. You just kind of weaning yourself into it. I'm a big advocate for substitute over sacrifice. You know what I mean? So if you got like a long standing relationship for chips, you know what I mean? Y'all been married for a little bit. You don't really want to get it up yet. <laughs> it, it, it's real. I just speaking from experience. Yo, don't 
don't set yourself up for failure. You know what I mean? Like get, you can still get the chips, but get the chips that have the container is one serving. You know what I mean? Because a lot of chips have like about three different, three servings, four servings in it. So just get the bag that has one serving per container. And that way you get into the habit of mentally and physically, you get into the habit of choosing healthier options, but also checking your nutrition facts on the back of your um, uh, products. So you make substitute for sacrifice, man. Absolutely. Substitute for sacrifice. I, I'm but trying to substitute. Containers of chips, America, if you buy containers, <laughs> well, the container being the let it go. Let, let it go. It says, you know, they had the, the delays I in the container. Two of chips. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. Hey, man. I think going along with that, you got to check, check. Look at the label. I went into a grocer. Or a uh, <laughs> like, good job. yeah. I went to a grocer <laughs> and thought I was getting me something decent for lunch. You know, uh, a chicken salad sandwich, and I got I substituted my chips for the veggie straws. Right, right? right. I'm trying to do that, and then I'm I'm walking out of the store, and then something just tells me, man, let me look and see what's in this, man. And I see thirteen hundred milligrams oh, of sodium. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. yo, I can't eat this. Like, yes. I, I had to throw it away. Like, and I didn't even feel comfortable enough giving it to like a homeless Start person or something. Because it's <laughs> like, what? Well, how are y'all packing this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do that with? What like, are we what? doing? Like, you just take the container of salt and just, just like, just salt go. Licking. Your mind, <laughs> like, veggie straws in your mind go, oh, it's a vegetable. You know what I mean? So you try to think. No, it. the veggie straws are good. It was oh, the chicken the, uh, salad oh, sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the veggie straws oh, are perfect. Those are like my go-to now. Time to last for a day and a half. Uh, so you got to salt oh, up. My. Yeah, no. Not at all. Don't do it, America. But what you do want to do is catch this podcast. We drop every Friday. Catch the YouTube video. Uh, Vimeo's, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Google Play. Where else we at? All over. Wherever all over, man. Wherever you listen to it. Spotify. That's what I'm missing. We officially have followers in Canada. Thanks to you. We're international. Thanks to you. We actually had and you're live from the six. Before. <laughs> we had uh because I had I, listeners in uh in uh freaking uh, London. We London. had listeners in Peru. All right, we first started this thing. And we had listeners in Peru. Okay, I don't know if they were speaking we King's English or not. Don't talk yeah, to the yeah. Yeah, baby, just want to put it out there. We are, we are, we no just, doubt, no doubt. We're, we're eighty-one in. That's a lot. Hey. And I tell people that, hey, oh yeah, your podcast, oh yeah, it's awesome. Uh, what it's about? Someone's about, oh yeah, we eighty episodes. You have eighty episodes. Yep, get ready to catch up. Subscribe <laughs> right, right, right. and start from one. We're not slowing down. <laughs> no, not slowing down at all. Easy, man. We about to get up out of here, man. Thank you all for listening, ladies and gentlemen, to us here on the 13th floor where the furniture is not always the best, but the views are amazing. We stopped doing that around like what? The 13th floor.